This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bus. Thanks. Hello and welcome to episode 581 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is a Sunday fireside chat on July 29th, Hall of Fame weekend. I'm Paul Spore and Nick Pollock does not acknowledge the Hall of Fame. What's up, Nick? What is happening? I mean, I do acknowledge it. I just got things to I do. do. I got, I I got things to do, Spore. I tell you, I tell you, I only really started to care about it recently as the players that I watched are starting to go in. Guys, I saw their entire career. You know, these, these are my guys now. I, I would kind of keep an eye on. I'd know who was going in back in the day when I was younger and, and maybe even have it on in the background. But it's like, you know, I didn't watch them. I just kind of know of them. But now these are guys, you know, Alan Trammell, Jack Morris. That's my childhood. So um, I, I do enjoy it. I, li- I like watching them. In fact, running the recording right now. And so I'll catch up after we're done recording. Uh, I understand the, the that. I've got another five, 10 years for that. I was going to say, <laughs> I, don't think, I, think, I think you're overestimating it. With five. I'm just you're, having fun with you. This is a- yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to say that, though, that obviously you being younger, it's not, it's not quite there yet. Oh, like, man. well, Vlad, how much of Vlad are you? Oh no, I watched with? a good amount of Vlad. I mean, my, yeah. the, the, for me really remembering baseball is like 94. Okay, yeah. So, I, I mean, you're getting some guys came. already. Yeah, the strike was a nightmare. Could you imagine it now? I think about it now, like when I watch documentaries that talk about that strike. Like, obviously, with our livelihoods being tied to it, it'd be one thing, but just, I, I don't, I'd lose my mind. Yeah, I, I would, don't I know what I would do. I would go crazy. It would but, be uh, an absolute nightmare. But, Sport, what are we talking about today? You know what? We say Hall of Fame weekend's close, and what that usually means is that the trade deadline's also close. Yes. And this. This is the trade cast. So we're going to be talking about the starters who've already been dealt, the three key ones, um, two going, staying in the AL East, another moving AL to, or NL, AL to NL, excuse me, and then four guys who are, are heavily rumored right now and, and could get moved in the next couple of days. The deadline is Tuesday afternoon on the 31st. I think it's at 3 Central, 4 Eastern. Don't quote me 100% on that, but I believe that is uh, the official trade deadline. It's been an interesting one because we're seeing teams make moves earlier, which I always applaud. Like, don't drag your feet. Get those few extra weeks, even if it costs you one extra prospect or if it was a C-level prospect that they wanted and to get them two extra weeks, it's a a B-level. I say make that move. I don't like when teams wait. I do understand waiting when you're on the cusp and you don't know how much of a contender you are. I think that's why we're mostly seeing the, the the established teams make the moves. At the same time, 
2016 was one of the most fun days ever. It, it was the well, greatest. Everyone and, waited, and there were like 10 moves in the last And hour. I still want a great Tuesday. I still want a great 31st. But from a team at like I respect when the teams do it, but from a selfish like analyst, yes, make everything happen right. on the 31st. That right. would be the best. And so I think we could get an active day, but it's not going to be starting pitcher heavy. Like the guys we're going to cover, there's one stud and then there's three guys that are like streamer types. But let's get into those who have been dealt. Sure. And we'll start with they're loosely ranked here for me, but they're all kind of close together. But let's start with Jay, Jay Happ going from the Jays to the Yankees. Um, you know, the rotation out there in New York has been solid. It's kind of doing its thing. Severino's been the ace, but obviously he's been stumbling a little bit lately. I don't see anything too, too worrisome there. Uh, CeCe's been kind of the stable guy. And then there's been a lot of volatility around that. You got Domingo Herman can get a good start off here and there. Gray's been up and down. Tanaka, uh, has had a little bit of health issues, but I think he's still made 16, 15, 16 starts. So he's been mostly there and mostly solid. Um, Johnny Lasagna, was up for for a little spell, doing well. Jo- Jonathan Losiga, uh, our boy Jormont, had six starts to uh, kick off the year, but now he's on the DL. So they're kind of trying to build their rotation for for the end game. There, it's going to be Severino, Cece, kind of locked in, and then who's going to get the last couple spots? Hap has a chance to play in there. Hap's stats have been tainted a bit by by a recent run of of failure uh he'd been pitching brilliantly and then got blown up a few times so now he looks a little bit more pedestrian a little bit more like jay hat let's be honest you wrote <laughs> well, about win season right talking about his strikeouts yep and for the most part those have held he's still toting a 10.3 i'm on b ref so i don't have percentage but he's toting a 10.3 k9 far and away a career high for a guy who has a 7.9 for his career he's got a 418 era again not bad and 118 whip pretty solid um but he was he was in the threes very comfortably until basically the last uh, I'd say ten starts or so. So I sure. guess he was maybe I was overrating him through the first ten and then the last ten have been solid. But talk to me about Jay Happ going from Toronto to the Yankees and what you see down the stretch and even in October. Obviously it's not as fantasy relevant, but you're a Yankees fan, so I'm definitely curious how you see this acquisition for your favorite club. Sure. And when you say I'm a Yankee fan, I mean now I'm I'm really just a national baseball fan. Not nationals, national. You've lost your, you've lost your fandom too. It happens with a lot of folks. I mean, you guys know me. I love, I love pitching, and I love watching so certain I. guys go. And even, I mean, I'll be honest. There are certain Red Sox pitchers, Eduardo Rodriguez. I really enjoy him, right? Huh? So, I mean, yeah. When it comes to playoff time, obviously, I'm going to be rooting for the Yankees. But when it comes to me, you know, assessing guys and analyzing it, it's completely just gone. I uh, so it is nice for Jay Happ to come to Yankee Stadium, I think, or being a part of the Yankees. I mean, obviously, of course, first of all, you don't have to face the Yankees, and now you get to face the Jays. Obviously, yes. that's a big step up there. The, there's a lot of discussion with how Yankees treat starters and about, oh, they go breaking ball heavy all of a sudden. Or even with the relievers, too, they focus on that. And I think it's a misconception, and it's because everyone that they focus on has always said, well, always had their best pitch be a breaking ball. And so the Yankees are an organization that say, let's emphasize your best qualities. And with Hap, it's not his secondary stuff. It is that four-seamer that he returned from 2015, where, well, returned to what he did in the second half of 2015 with the Pirates, which is elevated four-seamers. And he did it for like this blip, and he had this yep. really nice run then. And then he just abandoned it for whatever reason. 
But now it's back. It's been back this season. He has a 27% K rate because of it. 10.5% whiff rate. Now, that whiff rate was much higher earlier on the season. It was like 12 or 13%. It's dipped down in that 10-start run a bit. He had a really nice effort, 17% whiffs against the, the Orioles before today. But today, this is interesting. So I was looking at the chart of today's matchup uh, for the Yankees against the Royals, and his four-seamer was, I mean, yes, he still had some elevated ones. He got five whiffs on that 10 called strikes total on, on 64 four-seamers. But he they used it all over the zone. It wasn't just up in the zone. It was a lot down as well. And that is a little concerning for me. I think that Hap does work best when he saves a four-seamer for elevation and then maybe uses two-seamers or sliders, change curveballs. He has a lot of kind of junk in his for a secondary pitch that he can kind of mix in. Uh, But I think overall it does work, especially nullifying lefties in Yankee Stadium is very good being a lefty. So I'm not too worried about that stadium for Hap. Uh, I think it overall just helps him. And I think this is ultimately is like a 3-6 ERA guy yep. with about a 115-1-2 whip. And I'm with that. pair that with this elevated strikeout rate, which, which I do think can stick around 25% plus. That's a really good starter. Uh, and that's kind of how I've been treating Hap through the year. He's around 30 for me because of that. Obviously, there is floor for worse. I mean, we're seeing that right now with a 4-1 and change ERA. But I, I think that that's going to come down as the season goes on. I think the Yankees are only going to emphasize his his high qualities. And yeah, I mean, for the for the playoffs, we've, it's Tanaka, it's Hap, it's CeCe and Severino. And that's really all you need. I think so too. Yep, I think it's that four. And then with that amazing bullpen, uh, you don't even need all of them to, to really do much. Right. Uh, that's that's kind of the beauty of, uh, of of the Yankees bullpen. Obviously, they strengthened it with, by adding Britain when it was already one of the sickest in in the entire game. So uh, the Yankees are, are positioning themselves well, obviously on the offensive side, something that we don't even acknowledge. What are hitters? Do they even exist? Who knows? Who's ever even seen a hitter, Um, but they've lost two, two key hitters, but uh, they're pitching. And as long as they get those guys back on track for October, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, Let's talk about another team. That's kind of scraping a little bit. I mean, the, the beauty for that, for the Cubs is that, it hasn't been a good season, a, a great season in terms of everything working in harmony, and yet they still have a half game lead. They're still well positioned to make the playoffs, but it does feel kind of it doesn't feel like a sixty and forty four team, and it's primarily due to that starting pitching. So they went out and tried to address it by getting Cole Hamels, um, a guy who's had a lot of success there. You may remember his uh, his his no hitter was there. Small sample, so I'm not going to go much off of any wriggly numbers that he's that he's put. Right. But getting Hamels out of Texas back into the NL, he's just one of those guys. And I remember talking about this in the preseason with you. You know, we weren't loving the outlook in Texas, but he he's one of those guys I have ever have a hard time writing off because he is like a gamer, and I know that that's you know one of those words like what does that really mean it's just i think it gets the most out of his talent all the way through and i, I still can see like here's the thing if cole hamels goes to chicago and puts up like a 350 from the rest of the, for the rest of the season i'd be zero percent surprised if the home runs came down it gets out of texas um you know gets a few extra strikeouts pitching against pitchers I can totally see it and maybe even something better. Would I project it? No, I'd project him more for like a 420. Uh, and he's had a 472 this year. The home runs have been key. The home work has been terrible. 
in Texas. What do you think about Cole Hamels getting out of Texas and into Chicago with the Cubs? I am so conflicted about Cole Hamels. I mean, you, you mentioned it right. It's a 20.7% home run fly ball rate with a 1.8 home run per nine. In his previous five seasons, uh, we're talking like sub one and 1.1 home run per nine. His career mark is 1.04. Uh, this blows away any sort of career home run per night he's had. Yeah. Uh, so you have to think that's going to change a little bit. I understand Wrigley isn't the best. It's kind of just what you know the wind is doing on a given day. Still but better the NL, than Texas in the right, summer, though. Exactly. And 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 also you know the NL lineups are easier, especially the NL Central. NL Central is not a strong offensive team, especially if you're on the Cubs. Uh, you don't get to face the Cubs. You get to face yeah. the other four teams. So I think that's good for Hamels in that regard, obviously, for wins as well. He's 5-9 and nine right now for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So you have to think he's going to get a little bit more there. I don't like to talk about wins too often, but this is an obvious shift. Yeah, sometimes you see the obvious ones just like with Hap. They're both, right. you know, when, when at the trade deadline, guys are going usually from middling to bad teams right, up exactly. to quality teams. That's improving their wins, right? Can, can you predict them? Could he go like one in six and pitch well oh, just totally because possible, yeah. of weirdness? Yes. But is it more likely that he starts winning ball games and that all these guys do? Yes, it is. So Hamels' win probability is boosted. Now, the interesting thing about him is that he did boost his, his whiff rate to use the word boost again because it's a wonderful word. It uh, is. <laughs> almost as good as boots. I don't know why I'm doing this. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he had a 17% K rate last year, which was the first time he's ever been underneath 20%. And he, right now he's back to his career 23% K rate uh, with his swing strike rate, again, above 12%. And that's fueled by his changeup. Can you take a guess right now what his swing strike rate is on his changeup? Just just throw a number out there. 20%. 26 Oh, my God. That is it's That's incredibly high. That's the change up. But the thing is, it has a negative 1.5 P-Val. And it's, so it's, when they're not swinging and missing, they're obliterating well, it? He's just making a lot of mistakes with it. It's a 31.8% yeah. home run per fly ball. Ooh, okay. So it's been the home run ball. Right. 35% fly balls on that, too. I okay. said 270 uh, because he's, only, he's allowing only 200 average on it. But, you know, it's seven home runs and, and four doubles on about 350 of these thrown. So, so that's a problem. Uh, he need, he needs to fix that a little bit. Make sure that he fine tunes his changeup. But at the same time, because it's a home run ball, and if we're talking about him lowering home runs, that hopefully would come down the changeup too, and that you know that whiff rate is going to stay there. This is actually what's even more shocking to me is that that twenty six percent whiff rate on the changeup that's normal for his career. I believe it. I mean his his um, changeup. Right. Cole Hamels' changeup is is the pitch. And so the exactly. fact that he still can get it going, even when he has made mistakes with it and, and given up some homers, but the fact that it's still in there at times. And you never know, too, like when a team acquires a guy, they might have their eyes set on a guy because they are thinking of a tweak that can kind of get them back sure. to a certain level. Well, Maybe they have a plan in place to say, OK, let's do this. Let's amplify the changeup usage or whatever they want to do. I'm kind of eager to see if the Cubs have something in store for him. Well, here's the funny thing. Um, His last five starts have been horrendous. I mean, I'm looking at this now. Uh, Like a 10 ERA, right? Seven, three, four, seven. Right, 10 ERA. My Tigers ripped him. Now, here's the thing, though. Cole Hamels has had an excellent whiff rate, 15% during that time, and his fastball velocity's gone up by like a tick in those five starts. And I wonder, is that something to do with him getting beat so he feels like he needs to do more? Dude, or is this actually something 
of Cole Hamels like improving during this time, and he's just you know there's certain pitches that aren't working for him. I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting to see someone fail, but at the same time also improve. At the, it, it's it's weird. So maybe the Cubs are seeing something like this that they think, oh, okay, we just tweak this in here. Now you still have that skill set, and you're going to just do better with it. Yeah, I agree. So if you're in an NL only league. You talk about how you're conflicted on on Hamels. I think a lot of folks in NL only leagues are conflicted on what kind of bids to put on. Assuming you have a pitching need uh, ranging from moderate to high, like what what kind of level of, of bid are you putting on a Cole Hamels coming into the into the NL? Uh, I mean, I'm not putting it too high of a one. I'm kind of with you in the fact that I uh, I mean, I think he's like a three eight kind of guy. Okay. If that's I mean three here's the thing. Still one thirty seven whip, you know. You and I were talking in our text, you know, kind of figuring out what we wanted to talk about, saying how much we hate the pitching. When you said that, like you hate the pitching landscape right now, I couldn't have agreed more. Right. It's so weird. All the good players, the ones that are like very clearly good, they're locked and loaded on rosters. Even some guys that you would think are streamers, right. you know, maybe some Colorado guys or whatever. Nope, they're being preciously held in 10 and 12 team leagues. So there's not a lot. Then you go into like an AL or NL, obviously, that's going to be – even thinner, I could see a scenario where you might want to jump up on a Cole Hamels and just take a shot. Now, I wouldn't blow the budget out for multiple reasons. One meaning being that there could be more trades of, of guys crossing over uh, this week. And then there could even be some in August because high dollar guys can still be moved if yeah, they pass exactly. through waivers. So I wouldn't go crazy, but I would put a pretty significant bid um, if I've got a pitching need on Hamels. I'd go for this. I think he's going to uh, outperform what we've seen so far and be in, like I said, like we were saying, the 3 8, 125 with some Ks and some win probability. So we, I kind of like Hamels go, going to the Cubs, basically, is what I'm trying to say. All right. So let's move on to Nathan Eovaldi then, another guy moving AL East to AL East, going from Tampa Bay up into up to Boston in a nice little one for one. You can give your thoughts on Jalen Beeks too in a moment if you don't want, because that's one of those interesting, just straight up one for one. And Beeks is going to be pitching uh, with, with with Tampa Bay. I think he already started with them once. But uh, Eovaldi is a guy I've liked for a long time, all the way back to his Dodgers days. Just been wishing and hoping and wanting to see a lot of success from him. It's come in some flourishes. It's never quite been there. This year is the skill set that I've always kind of thought he could have in terms of getting some strikeouts, keeping the walks in check. But the home runs remain a big issue. Um, he's up at 1-7 again, same as he was last year – or uh, two years ago, excuse me. He didn't pitch last year. Um, but with the Yankees, he was at 1-7. So it is a weird thing where he's kind of gotten control. Uh, but it hasn't really been as much command. He's showing kind of the difference between those two by not walking guys, filling up the zone, and also sacrificing some home runs at that same time. But Ivaldi has a 426 ERA and a .98 whip. That's a nice combo. The, the, the ERA is higher, though, because of the home runs. Going up to Boston, I'm not as worried about I, – I think people tend to overrate parks when, when things like this. Oh, it's going to a worse park. Right. Okay, but it's going to a better team. He doesn't have to face the Red Sox. Again, win probability goes up. I like this move. I don't think it's a giant jump up. I do think it's a little boost similar to Hap moving to the Yankees. What do you think of Nathan Eovaldi becoming a Red Sox? Well, I mean, you mentioned the home runs with Eovaldi. I think that's – I don't know. There, There's one game against the Astros when he allowed four. 
that's that's going to be doing so much damage to his bottom line, especially because he has ten starts on the year too. Right, he has he's been pitching all year. Exactly. I mean, and also you could you know he had a four and run game that one four solo shots against the the Astros. He had a five and run game against the Yankees. I mean, those are starts that I wasn't going to run out there with Evaldi. And that's uh, a good point. I think when you do the game log thing, if you're honest, you know you can make an honest assessment on some of these uh, streamer types, and you could legitimately say. Remove those nine earned runs in 13 and a third at New York and at Houston because if you're rostering Evaldi in anything but an AL only, you shouldn't have used them for those right. anyway. And now at the same time, you can't take away the eight earned runs against the Twins because I nope, definitely would have run them. That. But that means you'd also get today's of zero earned runs and seven innings pitched against the Twins. So, I mean, I like the fact that Nathan Evaldi is throwing his cutter this year. It's definitely been... It's, there's always been this chase for Evaldi of what is the secondary pitch that's going to work with your fastball. Been tweaking from day one, right? And I think he's finally found it with his cutter. He's thrown it at about 93 miles per hour to go with his 97 heater. It's a Gross. zone rate of 64 percent across 250 pitches so far. So he's just pounding the zone with this. It's not the put away offering, um, but theoretically, if you're throwing 97, that should be your put away offering. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm fine with this. I mean, it's working out really well. 5.4 p-val thus far. Only about two home runs with it. Uh, 211 average. That's great for especially for a pitch that's in the zone. 64% of the time. I mean, I think I think it's a good compliment. I still am not going to ever really classify Eovaldi as a top 40 arm just because he doesn't have that secondary pitch that will miss bats constantly. And even though he does have that 97 mile per hour fastball, if he does that elevated. You could imagine the kind of hap thing, but I don't see anything outside this car that really is, you know, consistent enough for me to think that. Oh yeah, he he has everything, and then just throw the four seamer and everything's set. I, I don't think he has that kind of craftsmanship with his nope. arsenal. Like, like I think uh, we see that does. with the volatility too, sure. with the you know giving up Adern to Minnesota, um, getting beat around. Like that's kind of been a staple throughout of all these career too. Is that when you just when you start to trust him, he goes out and has that disaster outing. Sometimes it's telegraphed and it's against a team where you could have avoided it. But I I remember distinctly for some reason. Uh, when he was with New York and and he had been pitching well, pitching well, and he had this nightmare at San Diego. And it's like, are you serious? Dude? Can, <laughs> I can't even use you at San Diego. Um, and so, yeah, that seems to always plague him to just have those ones that that said, though, he's also one of those guys that the opponent doesn't matter when he's on. He can thwart the Yankees when he's on. Uh, he can handle the Red Sox if he wasn't on their team anymore when he's on, but that also leaves him prone to volatility against crummier teams. So Ivaldi gets a little boost as well, similar to Hap's boost. Neither are particularly available, so you're just kind of hanging on onto them. So those are the three guys that are traded of import. By the way, a quick thought on Jalen Beeks. What do you think of uh, Beeks? He's going to go to Tampa Bay, lefty, kind of a ready-made guy, nothing terribly so, special. Well, but I mean – <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to be fair on him, considering that his debut for the Rays resulted in eight earned runs yesterday as a reliever, because you know it's what we call now a false start. Uh, I like it. The, I like it. That was that's not mine. I believe that's Steve Andrews from the uh, the Pitcherless Community Discord uh, came up with that. And I saw. I was like, "Yep, we're done here. That's it." Um, He's but, been uh, obliterated. Yeah, every lot. time he's pitched. So the Tigers right. killed him in his debut. He lasted only two and a third against Texas, gave up three, and then this run nightmare. Well, Baltimore, where'd they come from this week? <laughs> what the hell? It's, it's been kind of weird. 
Um, yeah, they're doing doing damage on Chirinos. You want to know why they're doing damage on Chirinos? I do want to know why. Cause, and if you knew, you could have texted me because I started him today. I really, really needed him in my head-to-head league. Yes, Score. I'm going to talk about my it's league. I'm, pretty I'm obvious. Salt. It's pretty obvious. I wrote do about tell. him yesterday. Oh, I did not know that. See? But I was very careful my fault this time. for not keeping up on everything. I said, guys, I understand there is still a floor here. Yeah. And I'm not saying go out and get him. I sh- yeah, so I learned my lesson. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. I was in Hail Mary mode. I'm not even sure. Yeah, there's nothing that would have really talked me out of it. Uh, I just had to. I just had to do do what I had to do, and I, I could still get super lucky today. Um, but nobody cares about that. Let's let's move on. Beaks <laughs> but, but yeah, is Be- a non-factor. Beaks right, really right? quickly. Uh, he has a 33% K rate in the minors this year. Yeah. But he never really had the stuff that dictated like a massive putaway pitch. So it's always been, all right, he's a command-focused guy. And clearly, his command has not been good. 13% walk rates and 11% K rate. So it doesn't surprise me that he's getting lit up because clearly that's all he had. That was his biggest strength, and it's not showing up. So I wonder if he was you know, working the edges really well in the minors and getting calls, and then you get up to the majors, you don't get those calls. Sure. They force you back into the zone a bit more, and Beeks doesn't have good stuff, and so he's been getting walloped. Not so to mention he's a non-factor in all formats right now. 40% for strike rate thus far. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm, that goes back to what I'm saying about nibbling, right. and he's not getting the calls. By the way, uh, Sean Newcomb going into the ninth uh, has one out of uh, two outs needed for a no-hitter, by the way, and he's well, one. Okay, two. are we going to – I mean now I'm going to be watching this as we – That's fine. I'm, I've got it on my phone. He's got a two-two count. Um, all right, well, well, let's keep going. We'll keep it going. Let's get into our trade candidates, and we'll stick with Evaldi's former team, Chris Archer. Now they seem finally motivated, right? He's been in trade rumors. What is it? Is this the 14th year he's been in trade yeah, rumors? Right. Yeah, he was in trade rumors he when he was a teenager. Uh, but no, it, it seems like he's always potentially on the block, and they've never really been motivated to move him. Understandably, obviously now he's kind of, you know. Uh, evened out sort of his uh, his profile to where it's you can still get a good they'll still get a good return but they can't ask for the world anymore and so they're more motivated to move a 29 year old uh, he will have next year on lock at 7.7 mil some... and then two more options that right. unless he just fell apart even if he became a fifth starter you would still pay 9 mil and 11 mil for yeah, him exactly right. so you got three years, so that's where they can. That's where they can still leverage getting a major prospect. Right, and um, I'd be kind of surprised Archer. if they dealt Chris Archer because I think uh, I think this is kind of the problem with Degrom too, um, is that there aren't enough teams with really good things to sell for for those go. that are into that you know the starter. You need like it was. You need the team like the Red Sox are able to pay Kopech and. I uh, and Mankata for Mankata. that you know, for Chris Sale, so uh, you don't really have that fit. I don't really see. It. I mean, I, I read today the Yankees apparently going really hard on Chris Archer right now. Of course, of course, of they course. Are. The only you know. one I see <laughs> is Milwaukee. They've been they've been saying that they are going to make big moves. Um, you know, they went and got Moose. They've been saying it's nothing. They're not going to be uh, dilly dallying around making small like uh, edge moves. They're trying to make impact. They've got prospects. They could be a good fit for Archer. They've been kind of in that mix since the offseason, though, when they had right. the glut of outfielders. Apparently, Santana wasn't enough. So they're going to, and they've said they're not going to move Keston here. So I don't know if they're going to do it two outs, by the way, for Nuke. Yeah. Um, oh, man. 
<laughs> yeah. Also, so, nice inside fastball of a Bellinger to pop that out. Great at bat by Bellinger too, staying alive as much as he could. Chris Taylor uh, is, is is the last hope here. So I, I'm kind of with you. I also think Degrom and Archer are better traded in the off season. Um, I think you can definitely get you could still get a mint too. I don't. I, I think with relievers, obviously the best time to trade them is the, is now because teams know where they're at. They see how relievers right. are. The volatility uh, of buying someone before the season as a reliever, Colorado, uh, <laughs> you know, can go can go haywire. But when you're in season, you see a guy pitching well, you're more likely to pay overpay for him. A starter, people are still going to pay big. So I understand he's probably not going to get moved, but I would see Milwaukee as a prime candidate. You mentioned that the Yankees are in on him because they're in on literally everybody. What would you think if Archer went to either of those teams? Start with Milwaukee first. Uh, what do you think about Archer if he did go to Milwaukee? I mean, I think um, Archer would definitely excel in either one of those two. I uh, his sliders looking What's really the good these days, and not to mention that he's he's had starts where all of a sudden he throws twenty five plus changeups. Uh, and I've talked a lot about how I think that Prime Archer is is a little extra juice on his fastball up. I uh, oh man, I just saw another fastball oh, from Luca, and I, I wanted I to, wanted I Taylor to swing. Just about it. to say, <laughs> if he swings through it. You're gonna go crazy. By the way, I'm oh, loving man. the high heat revolution. That's great. I uh, first. Jumped on it with Verlander a mm-hmm. few years ago, and I, I noticed that he was doing it. Then I started diagnosing it for like several pitchers. I was like, if they could just get the high heat, and now that's kind of like sweeping across. It's it's so good. I'm and I'm, I'm so on one. board with it. Change up away. No, okay, that's foul. Now I think you're I think it is. ahead of me. Okay, yeah, it oh, is. Uh, chasing it. Okay, sorry. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, but no, so Archer was doing that. When Archer was breaking out, that's what he was doing. He was throwing elevated heat, but he was also slightly higher at 96, 97. You know, now it's a little bit lower, 94, 95. And then the slower is down and away. And that's what made him so effective is that the tunneling was really, really good. Uh, and I also have a theory about, I think changing eye level is more important than in and out, personally. Um, we agree. And I, uh, where is, uh, no! No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, did they get a hit? You're you're ahead of no. me. No. Oh. Oh. Man. Uh, he oh. looked for the high heat. He didn't quite get it up. And now, okay, really quick hit here. Now, Newcomb just threw 134 pitches. How do you feel about his next start? Who's it against? Does it matter? Kind of. If it's the Marlins, let's say it's a middling I'm not, team. I'm not nearly as worried. Um. I'm open to just sitting him. Yes. Like this week in, in your, in your weekly league, I'm open to just saying, let's, let's go ahead and put him on, on the bench there. Cause I could also, oh, it's at the Mets. It's at the Mets. I know, against the Mets, have, Mets have been really upsetting to me. Surprisingly, <laughs> You know, it's obviously not a two star week because he pitched on a Sunday. I could see skipping it, but you know what they say? The, the stats I think suggest that it's actually, us two starts and beyond that it can affect like the next start doesn't see as much effect but it can be a, a wear down that's where yeah right now i, I just at washington so i'm still i think i'm still gonna start I, I just rewatched that that newcomb pitch uh just to see if he really missed it and he's gonna be thinking about that for for ages i'm sure moose still thinks of the the fastball supposed to be up and into carl ever and it's eked out over the plate a little bit. And that one was just inside to, to Chris Taylor. Supposed to be a little bit more up and out. Uh, and I feel, oh, man, poor guy. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was fun but, uh, to watch. But anyway, uh, so to wrap up on Chris Archer here, yes. I, I think it will benefit him um, leaving Tampa Bay. I mean, I have to say, too, change of scenery is 
is, you know, I have to bring Alex think fast a little bit here. For a guy that's been in the same rut for three years, I have to think that he there's some excitement to leave, to, yes. to try and try new things, you know, just kind of see what else we can do with this. And going to say that the NL Central uh, would be a very good fit for pretty much any pitcher. I think uh, the Brewers should figure this out. I, I know, know they I don't, don't want to give away all their anything. Why haven't they done I, anything? Only moose. And then, and they're moving uh, Travis Shaw to second. So it's like, it's, it's a pretty risky move that they've done. Right. Well, um, I mean more about, not about assessing, right. Assessing I, their pitching. I don't understand. I'm with this. you. I'm with you. It is very, very surprising. They did get Soria. So they strengthened the bullpen and yeah. that's, a, that's one way to do it. But Peralta has to go soon because he's just not going to have enough innings to get through the season. I know Shasin pitched a gem. Listen, Shasin, Chase Anderson and Junior Guerra have pitched well for them. There's no doubt about that. Sure. Yeah, Chase that, Anderson, 193 year reign in his last seven. Yeah. He's been, he's been dealing. That's not a playoff rotation. If you right, get no. an archer and you bump them all down a spot with that bullpen, I think now you're talking. Right. And they have a deep enough system where you give a couple big pieces up front for archer. And again, this isn't a rental. Right. So this that's is what I like about it so. so much for them. So I do think that they should be the team. If the Yankees got them, it would definitely – it would be like the other AL East moves where we're talking about where it does improve them. Because it's going to be better win potential and not having to face the right. club that they're going to. So that's Chris Archer. Percentage chance that he's moved. What, what do you put it at? I, I would say that I don't think the Brewers have enough. And I, I think, again, three years, the Rays are just going to hold it. I think they'll trade him in the offseason. I'm going to say like a 25% chance. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> the last three guys, they're going to be kind of bunch. I'll just get quick thoughts on all yep. three of them because they're not special. Mike Fires, <laughs> Danny Duffy. And Matt Harvey are all uh, being heavily rumored. They should all be moved by their respective teams. The Tigers, if they can get anything for fires, that'd be a win. I remember when they signed him, I was like, well, they got to get innings. I totally understand the deal. And if he can do anything and get back to Mike Fires level, that'd be great. Lo and behold, he has. And he's been perfectly solid, uh, definitely kind of playing above his his yes. metric because his home run rate is is always high always 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 and the fact that he has a 354 era despite the one five homer and and mediocre strikeout by the way uh fine but just move him for something take a c-level well i mean here, here's the problem so last 11 starts or what's lowering that era it's a 265 era in that time yep and it comes with a 90 percent left on base rate and a 9.4 percent home run per fly ball so right i mean the 272 sure whatever I uh, seven point one five uh, K per nine. I can get the percentage really quickly. That's sub twenty percent. Yeah, that's nineteen percent. Yeah, this is not going to last. And I think every team kind of knows that, and they're thinking, why should we pay for something when we know that he's not going to make an impact whatsoever come playoff time? So because you know you can get five six every fifth day though, and and he's only what are you going to get? get like this is this is like an Andrew Cashner situation. Should have the Orioles have have got him in the offseason? No. That's like he overperformed last year. Actually, and... they they should have though because Kashner's been proving to be a really good teacher, um, and I, I think he's okay. got coaching in his future. That, that's, uh, whatever a... you want to say about that, fine. But his actual production, I'm talking about, you know, he had a three five year Ray or whatever last but, year. But you, and but you got to uh, get no. I don't think anyone. I hope no one really thought that that was legitimate. And Fires has been better than anything that Kashner did last year, at least in terms of a strikeout to walk ratio. Okay. What I'm what I'm but trying to get, get at here stuff. is the guy overperforming. You don't want to pay for the overperforming because you're gonna get a regression. But it's and not gonna then... cost you anything. And you gotta fill the like sure. if you're Oakland, you gotta fill the in. What's the point? 
That's what to I'm getting. fill the innings with you something know, that is uh, stable instead you, you of just calling up some do that. I don't think Fires does anything. Fill I mean, the innings. Like, like what? You can you can get much other things to, to fill the innings. How? Then why haven't they? What do you mean? Who? What do you mean? Why like, haven't who? they? Why haven't they found What's this? A, okay, wait, hold on. So what, what do you mean by fill the innings exactly? Like you I'm, just see guys who exactly go six innings I say. You every have time. To, you have to get through 162 games. You cannot, and you don't want to blow up your bullpen, especially if you're Oakland, because that's going to be your key to success if you're going to do anything. So, so you okay. can't have guys going three to four innings every day, uh, you know, every fifth day. You have to fill the innings, right? And Manaya's been the steady Eddie. Uh, Cahill's been good, but he, he's very unreliable innings wise. And Montas. We don't know how to tr- how much to m- trust his metrics because they haven't been good, but he has been performing well. Mm-hmm. But he only has nine starts. Like they don't have any. Like how much longer are you going to trust Edwin Jackson? And like the thing well, of it okay, is, fires cost Edwin Jackson nothing. Is fires. <laughs> okay, but you need another one because you're Oakland and you have Brett Anderson in there right now. Like That's it doesn't have to be too. Oakland, yeah. but it costs you nothing. I, I mean, I, I guess what I'm getting at is if you're going to spend on anything, it. it don't do it on fires because I don't think that it's going to really benefit your club much at all. And if you're like looking for innings, you can you can call, you can bring someone up from AAA or something, some cup of schmo. They'll take the innings, you know. Like you no, the same. I, I don't know because that's that's what I'm saying. Like that doesn't work out. That's Paul Blackburn. Like that. Yes, you could, but you're going to get you have a better chance at reliability from a veteran like Mike Fires. Like. Just pretending like the, the, the veteran, the like crafty veteran isn't a better option than a lot of these. Like this isn't a video game, right? Like you can't just send sure. schmucks out there every fifth day. You got to get guys that know what the hell they're doing. And I'm not saying Fires is going to continue to post a 374, but if he posts a 450, goes six and three, you're in. You act oh, like okay, a 450 is a bad guy in real life. He has a sub six IPS this year. Just okay. so we're clear here. So it's not okay. like all of a sudden you're going to get a six IPS. Also, you're getting those the elevated IPS because of this time when he's overperforming. So if you're getting a 4.5 ERA, you're not getting six innings. Uh, what? I'm not well, following that. Okay, so he has a sub-six IPS right now. That's getting okay. inflated because of this this... 2.65 ERA okay. run that allows him to go I, deeper into I, the game. I don't want to get caught up in, him, in this too much. Yeah. He's gone fewer than five and a third three times. Okay, so it's two – like he's a, he's a five, six-inning guy. That's that's kind of the point I'm making here. He doesn't go three, four innings, which are the games that tax your bullpen. This is not so much about Mike Fires, by the way. It's about trading <laughs> for these veteran guys to kind of fill the back end of your rotation. And I feel like you're acting like they have no value, and I just I don't agree with that. This I is understand. like the the major league version of the Irvin Santana thing. I think you just you <laughs> val- you overvalue this nebulous upside thing that what? like this isn't this isn't about upside. This is legitimately yeah, an is, assessment of a pitcher like, and saying like you're paying for something. What you're gonna get is just not – I think you're giving way too much value to this, these innings that he actually – if you want to be a competitive team, you do not want to throw six innings of four earned run ball. Like that – you're just going to not win most of those games. So I, I, I don't understand why well, you I, like, put a value on that. I mean because I it does it. it does keep you in most games. Like three to four runs through six innings, you're in most games. Like you just are. 
I mean, you watch baseball every night. Like, how does it? How is this such a foreign concept? I guess I what I'm getting at is, if you want that, this is not something that you just you can't find otherwise inside the organization. I think like a Paul Blackburn, I, fine. That the thing that I don't really no, see what he's the difference absolutely is. horrible. The <laughs> difference between him is that he doesn't know how to pitch in baseball, and Mike Fires does, and or Danny Duffy does, or Matt Harvey does. There is a difference. Like there is a tangible difference. JB Wendelkin, what the hell is that? Um, like, no, you cannot just go get anybody. It doesn't always work like that. Like sometimes you do find a guy, but you can also get somebody who has a little bit more of a, a stability and you, you're going to get the five to six innings quite regularly. And again, it's not about these guys per, in specific. It's about kind of getting that veteran guy at the back end that has value because it costs you nothing. You're talking about like a C-level prospect who's like – in your in your A ball, double A, like that's not a cost. And that's better than taking a shot on some unknown worthless player like Paul Blackburn. <laughs> I mean, okay, I don't I don't you know, I don't have the numbers of Paul Blackburn in front yeah, of me. Yeah, I mean the, he's the, a couple the, of the players too. aren't really yeah. important here. We're I talking mean, right, more about concept. That's fine. If it's if you want if you want to say like a C level prospect that is worth absolutely zero, then sure, why not? Of course Take that's a what's chance on it. Then fine. Of course that's what's, then fine. What I just I'm going to put it this way is I'm seeing who Fires really is. He's not nearly that that what do you think he is? Well, okay. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at nobody's the best seasons. that they are. I'm looking at previous yeah. seasons of Fires, essentially what he's been for two and a half or two and change, uh, and that's essentially a 5.5 IPS of about a 4.7 ERA. Yeah, that, 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 I mean that's uh, that, that's what I'm getting at. Is like I don't think that any team can be competitive with that in your rotation. And I call bullshit on that. that that's, that's just patently false. Oh no, don't every- I got to edit that out. Every team – okay, then edit it out. Sorry, that's BS. Every team except for like the Astros and a couple of select teams has guys like that. That's that's just patently untrue that you can't compete with guys like that going five to six innings regularly. For allowing a team three that's to four fighting runs. for a playoff spot? Yeah, based on uh, some of the starting that they're getting, putting in somebody like Fires or Duffy or Harvey over the trash bags that okay, they've been wait, putting out there like second. Fred Anderson. Hold on a second. Duffy and Harvey I have more faith in. Okay, because they throw harder, I guess. I, I like Duffy's terrible. I think that well, Duffy has been much better, um, and he has made some adjustments to his to his repertoire that I think are a little bit more, uh, more solid than what they, they Fires worked, has done. They worked really well against Detroit this week. <laughs> and then Harvey, then Harvey. Uh, I mean, just to bring these guys this in, this is more yeah. important. I don't think anyone really wants us to have a debate on Mike Again, Fires. It's not about value. it's not about fires. It's about the, these types. And I mean, I, okay. I mean, I, I think also the assessment of what actually Mike Fires brings is part of this. I mean, it is for me. I understand the I, exactly the concept you're saying about look. If you you can depend on getting you know a good sturdy five to six to keep you competitive, that's fine. You can't. I, mean, I don't. I don't think that that's what Mike Fires brings. Is what I've been trying to say. Uh, but how is it not? Like that's his well, career. Well, I, I mean, okay, we're just going to go in circles. Then it's fine. We can move past this. We have Matt Harvey, who has increased his velocity lately, especially mm-hmm. being a red, and I love that. Uh, he had 16 whiffs yesterday. I think he's definitely someone that should be sold. Uh, I think yeah. if he isn't, it's just silly considering. No, because they. The point? They're going to get something better than Mezzo. Like that's going to be a win right, for them, exactly. right? Exactly. Because yep. even if you get six years of a guy to take a shot to be better than Mezzarocco, like this, 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 this could be the ultimate win. Not only did they fill some quality innings in the summer uh, with, with, with 
Matt Harvey, but now they can flip him. That's a win-win move there for, for the Reds for sure. Um, he got beat up by Pittsburgh, but for the most part, he's been really sharp. Uh, or, or really solid for them. I don't want to say sharp because that, that implies maybe a, a higher level than I want to with with Harvey. Um, I think the real question here is who wants these guys? Like the, the, I think the SP market has been down because what you said, there's not a lot of guys, not a lot of teams that need them. So who still needs an SP in your estimation outside of Milwaukee who we covered? I mean, we talked about obviously – the A's as well. There was yeah. the Nationals discussion and, you know, how what they're going to do. We'll see how they perform, I guess. Um, I mean, they would obviously be the perfect fit for someone like Matt Harvey. There's already rumors about him, but it doesn't look yeah. like they're going to be, you know, they're on they the fence sell. right now. I know. I've been kind of crazy. Why? Harper being a renter. They're not going to sell Harper. Why not? Just- why wouldn't you? Because it's a terrible move. Again, this is not a video game. Like, you, 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 you can't you can't do that. <laughs> I'm serious. Like that's such a video game thing to do, and and, and like out I of mean, the park. Well, because you want to resign. Not because fine. you want you want to try to resign them, and you don't want to leave your other stars just out on an island there and say, "Hey, we're giving up." We trade you trade you trade Herrera and Madsen, and maybe even Geo, who's in the walk here. Okay, you don't trade Harper. First off, I don't necessarily think that they should sell anyway because they are I don't still think so either. Yeah, they're away totally from just flipping it. I know. I agree with that. You drop a game to the Marlins yesterday. It's so tough at this point. I, I don't want to put too much on one game, but you can't lose games yeah, to the really Marlins, man. No. <laughs> um, if you want to make this run. Uh, but, yeah, I think it'd be a disaster PR-wise to trade Harper. I think Harvey would be the uh, the best choice to go to. Sorry, the Nationals would be the best yeah. choice for Harvey. What about Duffy? There. Talk to me about him. You say he's making some changes. Yeah, uh, he's, he's uh, well, and he's been working at how he got ripped by the Tigers, he, but he's been pretty good. He's been working with his uh, his breaking ball bit, going from curveballs as well on top of sliders. He's... He's emphasized his change a bit more recently too. I've, I mean, he obviously had that one terrible start. I believe it was it was eight earned runs, seven earned runs against uh, Cleveland. I think it was actually your Tigers, buddy. Oh, you're talking about the most recent one against Tigers. Yeah, yeah, he got knocked around. Yeah, by them just just earlier this week. Right. Um, so I was I think, as surprised as anybody. I, I mean, I think he's still a stable guy for the back end of your 12 teamer against the right matchups. Yes. Um, don't don't obviously face him against the Indians or the Astros, etc. But I, I think that Tigers, he can. <laughs> Kidding. Keep but, starting uh, again. Although Tigers have blasted him twice, I will just say that. But anyway, that is, sure. I wonder if there is something about that, like what he excels Familiarity. at. Familiarity. Yeah, yeah, could be that. Uh, but I think that there is some. I think there's more value that will show up more so in the second half. Um, from Duffy, and there is something to be said about that. Also, it, he is kind of one of those pitchers that seems like a tweak away. Um, and that Always, could return right? to that form from 2016. So I think that he's going to be moved in some respect. I mean, watch, someone's going to get hurt today or tomorrow or something That's like the that. Thing too. And then, bam, the there you go. Spots can open up, like you said, today, maybe, tomorrow. Maybe the Cubs even do it still. I mean, they, they could still use another one. I agree right? that that would not be a bad move. I mean, Quintana was ripped again. Um, uh, Chatwalk obviously goes out with the. Chat hilarious. Move. I like it's chat walk now. Chat walk. So bad. Um, <laughs> when the hell is Darvish? Is he coming back ever? Well, he's, uh, the timetable, I think, is about three weeks from now. Okay. Okay. Maybe so four. He's starting to throw. But right. I mean, you essentially have five now, right? You have Darvish theoretically. Yeah. And then Hamels, Quintana, Hendricks, Hendricks and, and Lester. 
Lester, exactly. And Mike Montgomery back to his swing role because Mike Montgomery <laughs> is not really supposed to start. He's he gets he's, so overrated as a starter. Like I, he's people a streaming act like he, type. He's a streaming type. He had his first four starts with one earned run. He's I a swing that. Man. He's a swing man. Like he's a perfect right. MLB swing man who can who should be primarily relieving and can fill in for some starts for you and get the job done. Exactly. I. Okay. But I. But yeah, I mean, they could really use one just as a backup. Honestly, um, depends on what the price is, of course, on Harvey and Duffy. But I don't think it's too much. Um, I, they could use fires. <laughs> they could. Why not? I mean, he's no, he's not worse than oh, Mike Montgomery. I mean, look, if uh, it's a C type prospect, I'm all for this. Here's a couple. I mean, it, it, it might be a D prospect. I'm not going right. to say yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, Tigers will take anything. I'm sure. Here's a few names that we didn't include. I'm not going to ask you to talk about all of them. Yeah, just pick your favorite to possibly get moved. Tyson Ross, Kyle Gibson, Kevin Gossman. So I, I think Gossman should be moved. Yep. Um, and I have to imagine the Orioles are going to do this considering that what they did with Machado and Britton. Get him out of Baltimore. I hate pitchers in Baltimore. What, well, I would love to see him Arietta. I'm not saying no, he will. I've heard Probably. things. You know, I, I've heard talks about trying to talk pitching with Gaussman. And he's not like Chris Archer, where Chris Archer is like, okay, let's figure out everything. Let's do this. He's very much a student of it. Yep. Nothing against those that you know that aren't like absolutely absorbed with it. But Gaussman, I would say that there would be a tougher process to kind of figure him out. You know who's actually gotten to him that helped that, – that led to me saying that thing about Kashner was – was Kashner working with mm, him nice. and and teaching guys um, his two seamer and whatnot and and well that's that's kind of been his value to teams that he goes to is 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 teaching some well he can't execute it himself but he can teach people some stuff sure I I mean yeah I consider myself a better coach than a player but I would you say okay what would you say is Gaussman's best pitch the splitty right and last night he threw twelve of them for zero whiffs awesome. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> um, I mean, the other guys that you mentioned there, there's one that jumped out to me. There's Tyson Ross, who has been absolutely terrible. Oh, my God. 5.76 ERA, I think it was. Awesome. I, I just threw up the round of this morning on him. Yeah. Uh, it's like past two months. He has been and, – and not getting Ks. Not getting you know, Ks. Right. It was a 16% K rate at that time. Yep. It was 11 Got him a while ago. Because I, yep. I didn't but, pay uh, And then I uh, – and then what was, the, what was the other one you mentioned? Gibby, probably who you want to talk oh, about, Kyle Gibson. Well, okay, Kyle Gibson, I really do think is a sub four E rate pitcher. I don't think he's a three four. Okay, but I think with that slider usage, very much, much better command with his with his sinker this year as well. Um, well, really four seamers and sinkers, I should say. It's the sinkers kind of back and forth, but uh, I think he's definitely someone that if the Twins are really going out and selling, um, they should be really considering. And they Gibson. should. They traded Escobar, who was like right. really, really strong part of their offense. I can't imagine that yeah. they're just saying like that's a retool move. They should look to move anything that's not nailed down. Dozier and Gibson should go, you know, jump. and they can go for more close to the major. Like obviously, they feel like they're kind of not in their window yet, but certainly approaching it with their young guys. They would trade for I would I would hope older prospects who are closer to the majors that could help them possibly next year. I think Gibson's going to be a Yankee. Oh my God, Braves! Braves just got Brad Brock, by the way. Their bullpen has been struggling. So what does that mean? Castro is the closer. Who's the cast? Who's the closer now? Is it Castro? Yeah, because O'Day's on the on the uh, on the DL. You know, yeah. let's just have Jeffrey oh, Ramirez. 
No, I love you. I love Jeffrey Ramirez. I, I, I want him. I kind of want to start him this week, but it, uh, it's no, two no, he's, starts. He, he's too volatile as commander. Moments that he I has agree. the great whiff rate, but then other times it's just not polished. Uh, but, Michael uh, Gibson, the clothes are over. Gibson, I, I feel like Gibson's exactly the kind of guy that, that Brian Cashman would go after. I'd be like, love that slider. Let's use that more often. Yep. And then a good enough fastball that you can get. I mean, I think this is kind of perfect. I it doesn't cost totally. so much either. No, absolutely not. And so. I think that they would have an extra year left. Yeah, he would have an extra year after this too. So he'll cost something substantial, a name prospect, but, but not. But that's the question offense. though. So do the Twins feel like they can spend in the offseason and then compete next year? I don't, that's what I'm saying, though. You get some closer to the majors guys right, from the Yankees right, right. and whoever you trade Dozier to. And that's kind of your offseason spending, right? Sure, like, hey, yeah. we have two 23-year-olds. They're going to come in and be major parts. So right. we'll see what we get. You know, it's oh, there's always a billion rumors that, that don't come to fruition. So everyone that's mentioned isn't necessarily going anywhere. But hopefully we get a lot of action. It'll be a lot of fun on Tuesday if so. Uh, Nick? Love chopping it up with you. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, man. It's, that was it's good. Always, always I bet fun. people can even hear how my voice changed about halfway through. <laughs> I, I took it up a notch when I we had we had we had to amplify it and, and get into that Mike Fire song. We had to turn up the heat when we're talking Mike Fire. Nothing like Mike Fires to really get us going, you know. I mean, it, yeah. Who else would bring out? Uh, such a such a thrilling discussion <laughs> as, than Mike Fires, just as everyone predicted. All right, oh, Nick, man. Have a good rest of your Sunday, and uh, and you know what? If if we somehow get a situation where like all these guys we talked about are traded, maybe we'll try to whip up a fireside on Wednesday or Thursday or something. Yeah, like I might be able to do that. That's uh, that so, like a lot of fun. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. We'll let y'all know. Nick, I'll talk to you later. I'll see you, Spore. This was a great fireside. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.